Amen. My title this morning is this, uh, It's All About Attitude. How many of you in the room have an attitude? You can all raise your hands because we all have one. It's a good one or it's a bad one. It's, a, it's an interesting one. or it's a, But we all carry about us an attitude. We all have an attitude. And, and being united, let me just share with you, it's all about attitude. We all have dreams. We all have desires. We all have hopes as to our life, maybe how it will turn out. The things that we walk through, the things that we experience, we, we have hopes, we have dreams in all of those areas. We, we have our plans and uniquely our lives as we walk this life, our plans meet God's plans. How many of you have ever had a moment like that? Our plans all of a sudden met God's plans and our plans all of a sudden became so real and, and relevant as we yield them to God's plan for our life, all of a sudden we understand in a deep way what God wants to do. I want you to know this, that as we begin to talk about attitude and we take a look at these passages of Scripture which kind of lead us to that, it's all about attitude. Uh, there are some great sayings. There are some great quotes about attitude. There are realities. There are truths about uh, attitude, but the, where I want to begin is this statement: attitude determines everything. Attitude determines everything. Great quote about attitude is this: Listen to this. The greatest discovery of all time is that a person can change their future by merely changing their attitude you can change your future you can change the course of your life by merely changing your attitude great leadership guru zig ziglar says this attitude not aptitude determines your altitude how high you go is determined by the attitude in which you exhibit, in which you choose. Did you know that you and I, we can choose our attitude? I encourage you. I, I brought it up here with me, this book uh, that I love. It's called The Winning Attitude, and uh, it's by John, uh, John Maxwell. And John gives an incredible portrayal of what it means to experience life with a winning attitude. The Winning Attitude is an incredible book that, that uh, I've read. I love it. I would encourage you, if you're looking for a great read, if you're looking to overcome, I want you to know that a winning attitude and having a right attitude and all of those things that we just talked about, listen, that is not a secular view. All of those are based in the Word of God. Jesus talks about our attitude. It's not a secular idea. It really comes straight from the Bible. Jesus teaches about having a humble attitude. Luke 14, verse 11. Here, Jesus takes a look. And before we dive into Philippians, let's take a look at this verse. Luke chapter 14, verse 11. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be 
exalted. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus here is uh, talking, he shares about having a humble attitude, having a, an attitude of humility. Uh, 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 and there's so many biblical examples of, of the opposite. There's so many biblical examples of people who are self-absorbed, uh, out for power, with ego and arrogance, and, and there's a desire to achieve, and human nature that, that is so uh, ap- appropriately dealt with in Scripture. People who were self-obsessed, self-focused. One example is the, the rich fool. I did not call him a fool. Jesus did. It's in the Bible. He talks about the rich fool. Let me share with you, these verses are not on the screen, but let me just read to you this story from the Word of God from Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 21. Here he says, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. It yielded an abundant harvest that he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Think about this problem. He had such a banner year. He had so much come in that he didn't have room to put it all. His crops came in in incredible abundance, and he didn't know where to put it all. So he begins to ask this question, what shall I do? I have no place to store it. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, now you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. In this moment, he thought the greatest thing he could do was build bigger barns so that he would be able to contain more and have more. He really had a self-centered, what can I do? And, and, and you know what? If I get all this, I'll, I'll be able to take it easy. I'll be able to rest. I'll be able to, to kind of kick back a little bit. Listen to what the next verse says. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores things up for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Here we see the rich fool that Jesus is talking about says, don't store things up for yourself. Be rich with God. Give, be, be others oriented. Be focused on others. Have a humble attitude. Not an attitude that, that is all about self. He, he begins here and he gives us this picture. One of the greatest examples, as you and I know, of the exact opposite of that. His name is Jesus. Jesus gives us an incredible opportunity to peek in in his life as we begin to see what takes place Through the eyes of Paul, as he writes now to the Philippians, Jesus had an attitude, not of self-obsession, but of others. He had an obsession to reach others. He had an obsession to pour himself out for others. And here we pick up our verses in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. Listen to this. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Do you know how we can do that as a church? You 
and I, we can do that as a church when we begin to put in our lives others first. When we have an attitude that others belong ahead of, I want others to be blessed. I want to see others' lives be fulfilled. Ask yourself this question. This might be a tough one. Who is the most important person in church today? Who is the most important person at church today? Ask yourself, is it me? No, it's not. It's the person who's trying to find the answers to life, who are walking through crisis and hurt and pain, and they're trying to understand how my life meets eternity and who is God. Every single person who is seeking a Savior, those who are lost, how many of you know they are the most important people in the church today? They are the ones that you and I, we serve, we worship, we create an atmosphere of praise, we seek His name. Yes, we're blessed, but we create that because someone might walk through these doors and they need to experience the power and the reality of who God is in their lives. They are the guest of honor. They're the ones who are here because we want to introduce them to the greatest, Jesus. Here we are, and we see this in this passage of Philippians I want to encourage you today to make the decision. This is the the choice that you and I make in our lives, in our walk in relationship with Him. We say this, I will sacrifice my preferences, my opinions, and my interests so that the lost can be reached. I will sacrifice my preferences, my opinions, and my interests so that the lost may be reached. I think the most important function of the church is to see lost people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And if we have any opinions or traditions or things that might get in the way of that, Lord, we lay them down at your feet because we just want to see people come to know you. It's a high bar to reach, to lay it all down and sacrifice so that someone else might know. But Paul raises the bar even higher. It doesn't just stop there. He raises it even higher in verse 5. Let's read together. He says this, but your attitude should be the same. Your attitude, everybody say attitude. We all have one. We all have an attitude. Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. In the original language, made himself nothing, actually means he emptied himself. We talked last week about empty glory, those who seek glory and empty glory that that somehow they bestow upon themselves. And here he says he made himself nothing, which here in the same sense means that he empties himself. He poured himself out. This is completely against our nature. Self-emptying and pouring out of ourselves. That's what Jesus did. But did you know that that should be the same attitude that you and I exhibit every single day in the life that we live, in the walk that we have, that we would share in that same attitude that Christ had? While others fight for position and empty glory, 
Jesus didn't hold on to the glory that he deserved. If anyone deserved it, it was Jesus. And here Paul tells us, he's talking to the Philippians, he says, he didn't even hold on to that. He emptied himself. He became a man and he took on the nature of a servant. He allowed himself to be humiliated on a cross in our place you have to understand that the church of philippi the philippians had never heard something like this the 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 teachings that they had received the the gods that were talked about each and every one of them they came and and they sought things from humans they they sought their own uh, pleasure their own uh, muse was with those so the gods that they had heard about the false gods they all had their own they came and and we as humans were just at their whim and whimsy and they did all kinds of things. They had never heard of a God who came to serve them. They came and all they knew was they were supposed to serve these gods. And here Paul flips it and said, no, 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 this is what God does. God came to serve you. He came to serve you and I. Being made in human likeness, he emptied himself of the glories of heaven, and he lived among us, and he exhibits an incredible attitude for you and I today. Humility comes from a heart of love and gratitude. Paul said Jesus did the opposite of what they had all been taught. He came humbly as a servant to establish relationship with us. Listen to this. He didn't take advantage of us. He serves us. Humility is the position that we take When you love others, love says their gain is my gain. Your gain is my gain. Their gain is your gain. We serve one another in the body of Christ. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, and I quote, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Did you hear that? Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can. Hate cannot dispel hate, only love can. An attitude of humility, an attitude of love is what this world that you and I live in is so desperate for. We will not dispel the hate of this world with hate of our own. We have got to be a people who love one another. Who love those who are different than we are. Who love those who think differently than we are. We must dispel hate with the love of Jesus Christ. And we learn one of the greatest ways that you and I in this world that we live in whether it's in the the world, the workplace, especially in church. To promote unity, we must serve humbly and willingly. Serve. That that does not mean to be an usher or a greeter or a children's worker. Yeah, those are great ways to serve. Listen, you are called to live the life of a servant, to serve those that you work for, to serve those that, that, that you might be your boss, and how about this, those who are 
under you, if you are their boss, that you are there also to serve them, to help them, to nurture them, to empower them, to give them an incredible life experience, whether it's in in a personal relationship, a work experience, whatever that is. One of the greatest things that someone can say about you and I is he or she has a servant's heart. They have a servant's heart. Look for opportunities to serve people with joy. How do I know if I have a servant's heart? Here's a really good test. How do you act? If you want to know, do I have a servant's heart? Here's a great test. Ask this question. How do I act when someone treats me like a servant? When they don't give me honor... When they're, when, uh, or when I'm asked to do something that maybe is a low, lowly job. Is there anything that you view as a job that is below you? Do you get hurt and offended? Or do you joyfully serve as unto the Lord? Let's follow the example of Christ as he shows us in verse 8. And being found in appearance as man... He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Did you know that Jesus Christ came to earth to serve you and I? And he humbled himself and he became obedient to death on a cross. It's highly unlikely that the Philippines, uh, Philippines, whoo, I've been there. The Philippians, two different places, all right. The Philippians, it is highly unlikely that they used the symbol of a cross. The symbol of a cross in their day was a sign of humility. It wasn't until in this moment he's now talking to them about that, that things changed. They, they probably did not sing the song, I cherish the old rugged cross. That was not something that they, we have, we have very little uh, history to see that the churches in that time, it had not become the moniker that it is for us today. Here we see Jesus went to the cross, listen to this, out of obedience, not out of honor. It wasn't honor to put him on the cross. He went in obedience to his father. Did you know that humble attitude people people who have a humble attitude are always obedient obedient to the father they hear his voice they listen and they serve it's a key to forming a good attitude and promoting unity here are two words this morning that will make your life so much better obey god obey god that's it Obey God. This is the key to a great life. Your life will be incredibly, exponentially amazing when you live your life in obedience to God's Word. Do what He says in His Word. Jesus was obedient even to the point of death. We should be obedient in the same way that we live. Do what the Bible says to do. In every area of your life, obey God. Well, I, I, I do pretty well. I, I, do, I do mostly in most areas, but boy, things are tight right now financially. And so, so just for right now, or how about this? I, I control my tongue. I control my tongue for 
most of the time. But when I don't, it's because I have a really good reason. I only share gossip with those that I really trust. I will submit to my leaders and authority in my life, but only if I fully understand and agree with them. I will submit to my leaders and authority in my life, but only if I fully understand and agree with them. I encourage us, no matter where we are in life, to learn these two words and obey the Word of God. Here's what he says. In the area of life that you and I have, that we need to obey God, what makes you and I think that it's a good decision to disobey in any of those areas? Listen, any of those areas, here's what I say. Obey God. Do what is right. And take a look at this verse, this next verse. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him. If we are going to experience God's best, we need to choose a comprehensive attitude adjustment. If you and I are going to experience God's best, we need to experience a comprehensive attitude adjustment. Lord, help me with my attitude. The result, listen to this, of Jesus' humility is God exalted him. Jesus humbled himself. God, in that moment, exalted him. I have a question for you. Would you rather be exalted by your own hand or would you rather be exalted by God's hand? I want to be exalted by his hand. And how that comes is by experiencing humility. The goal in this moment, well, first of all, I want to say this. In your, if your attitude, when your attitude is right, when your attitude is right, when you put others first, when you serve willingly, when you obey God, God will exalt you. You don't have to ever seek a position. You don't have to make it happen on your own. All you have to do is serve and serve the Lord and be meek and humble and have an attitude like that of Christ and He will find you. He will move you. He will set you apart. That's the greatest desire of a humble servant is that we serve the Lord. Anyway, that's, that's what we want. We want God to find. We want God's purpose. We want God's plan. Now, the goal is to get ahead by serving. If you think that somehow serving with the hopes of being promoted to a place that one day uh, you serve instead of maybe others will, you know, you serve others and maybe someday they'll serve me. What that's called, which we dealt with last week, is selfish ambition. It's vain conceit. We are not put here for others to serve us. We're placed in this planet to serve others. Honor God with your attitude, listen to this, and watch what 
happens. Honor God with your attitude and watch what happens. You'll get raises and promotions you didn't expect. People will honor you in ways you have previously never experienced. Your spouse, your children will respect you like never before. The Bible tells us when we humble ourselves, He lifts us up. He will walk this life journey with you. Instead of seeking position, choose to serve. God will honor that. God will honor that. This application we need to apply to our lives that you see on the screen right now. You can go back. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I gave a wrong cue to go ahead. I want to read this again. This is something that you and I need to apply in our lives. Because if you and I are going to experience God's best, how many of you in the room want to experience God's best in your life? Could we be willing to say, God, search my heart. Lord, take away every wrong motive, every bad attitude, every thing that I have. And Lord, I lay it at your feet. Because you're the king. You're the God. You're the God of this world. You're the the king. You're, you're, You're in control. If I think that somehow I have to insert myself for God's purposes to to exhibit or to become reality, then woe is me. Now, does God use people to bring his purposes? Absolutely. Those who have a right heart, those who say, Lord, I humble myself, use me, take me, send me, send me to the nations, send me to my workplace, send me to people who are broken and hurting. God, send me, use me. God, I, I, I want to empty myself of any pride. I want to empty myself of any arrogance or ego that I might have. God, I, I pray that your will would be done. Lord, let it be so today. Let it be so in our hearts, in our lives. I would love to invite the worship team to please come. Those who are going to play and lead us at the end here this morning. I want to share with you an incredible, humble attitude example. And that is John the Baptist. We see in John chapter 3, verse 30, he says these incredible words. He must become greater I must become less. He must become greater, and I must become less. Romans 12, 2 tells us, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will how many of you want god's good perfect and pleasing will in our lives do not conform to the pattern of this world it is not what god has for his followers it's not what god has for you he has something for us deep inside it's a better way it's a better plan it's a plan of unity It's a plan of hope. It's a plan of following him in everything that we do. We obey God. Luke 7, verse 28, tells us, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet, that's incredible right there, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than than he. Wow. 
That is a powerful statement for you and I. There is no one among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. He, 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 he is that one who led the way. John the Baptist was that one who who prepared the way for Christ. He was that crazy guy who wore camel skin and ate locusts. He said, there is no one who is greater than he, yet the one who humbles himself, the one who is least in the kingdom, the one who serves others, they are the greatest and they are greater even than he. So here's what you and I can do today. Here is our, here's our action step for this morning. Here it is. Choose your attitude. Choose your attitude. You and I have a choice every day. Now you and I, as if you've been a parent, You've maybe helped your children choose a different attitude. Am I right? Once or twice, Ashley? So that's not going to work here. I'm going to help you. We're going to choose a different attitude. Did you know that our Heavenly Father loves us so much? And He knows how important our attitude is, that He's willing to step into our lives and help us have a moment like this and we say, you know what? I need to change my attitude. I need a heart change. I need an attitude change. I need to seek his face. I need to understand that I need to obey God. Can I get an amen this morning? Hate does not dispel hate. Love does. Darkness does not dispel darkness. Light does. He is the light. He is the hope. He is Jesus, and he is almighty God, and he is in control of this world. All we have to do is lay our lives down and submit in a humble attitude and say, God, here I am. Take me. Make a difference through me. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. We close with these two passages from Philippians. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and in earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hear me this morning. Jesus obeyed God even to the point of death. God then exalted him. Jesus emptied himself and was filled with glory from the Father. The glory and honor that Jesus deserved was given to him. He refused to demand it. He didn't come saying, I demand or I desire. He didn't. He emptied himself and he didn't seek it himself. And because of that, Jesus exalted him. Listen to this as I close. This verse says that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow there is no name nothing higher than jesus listen to me this morning jesus is greater than anxiety jesus is greater than cancer jesus is greater than addiction jesus is greater than depression jesus is greater than fear his name is above all names his name is jesus he is god He is awesome. His name. 
He's above every name. If I don't try to get joy from my own glory, but give it to the one who really deserves it, come on, we give it to him, my joy is then full. You want full you want fullness of joy in your life? This book right here gives us the way to it. It's not to go out and get it. It's to have an attitude that says I humble myself before you and then your joy will be complete. It will be full, bubbling over. You want to have joy in your life? Have an attitude. Have an attitude a comprehensive attitude adjustment. I chose those words. Comprehensive. That means all encompassing. Attitude praise. I want you to know this morning that you have the ability in this moment to choose your attitude. When we go to work tomorrow morning, when we head off on our lives this afternoon, we choose the attitude that we walk in. Today, we make that choice. I pray that each and every one of you would make that choice. Whether you've known the Lord for half a minute Maybe right now you're saying, boy, I need to give my life to Jesus. Or you've known him for your entire life. I want you to know that God will still work on us. He loves us enough to help us have an attitude adjustment. How many of you would be honest here today, this morning, and say, you know what? I want the Lord to give me an attitude adjustment right now. I need the attitude of Christ. If that's you, hallelujah. I want to pray for you in a moment. First, I want to declare to every single person who is here and those who are watching online, the greatest decision you could ever, ever make is to give your heart and your life to Jesus, to humble yourself and say, you know what? I can't do it on my own. I need Jesus. I had a conversation this week with a lifelong friend. I had a conversation through Messenger and he shared with me his lifelong battle that he has experienced with addiction. And this addiction overcame his life. He has now been clean for the last four and a half years. He said, because, amen, yeah, because I got to a point where I realized I had to humble myself and I had to ask for help. Because I asked for help. He said, I stayed in it because of my pride. Do not, in this moment, allow your pride to keep its grip on you and experiencing life overflowing, a life that is full of joy, a life that is full of hope, a life that is full of peace. All you have to do today is to humble yourself before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're joining us online, I want you to just close yourself in with the Lord right now. If you desire to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you say, Pastor Kurt, I, I want to humble myself beyond that. I, I need to lay my life down. I have been in control, and my pride has gotten in the way, and today I realize I need Jesus. If that's you here today, would you just slip your hand up right now all across this room? Yes, sir in the balcony. Yeah, young man up in the balcony. Wow. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. On the main floor. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is here in this moment. Yeah, buddy, way up there. 
Jesus is here. All we have to do is yield our life to him. And I would love to lead this congregation and those of you who lifted your hands in this moment. I would love to pray for you today. Church, would you join me? Come on. Can we celebrate the decisions that were made here this morning? Come on. I believe we need a shout. God is here and he wants to give us victory in the name of Jesus in our lives, in our attitude. Right now, let's go to the Lord and let's seek him. Would you stand all across this room in the balcony on the main floor? Would you stand and join me as we pray? Would you, in this moment, repeat after me? Dear Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father, I declare my need for you. I humble myself in this moment. I know I need a Savior. Would you come into my heart? Would you come into my life? I humble myself before you. Father, lead me. Forgive me of all of my sin. I place my hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah, Jesus. How many of you need Jesus? How many of you need his attitude in your heart and your life? I pray that as you go today, that you would walk in the attitude that Jesus Christ gives us. And you know, there is no way that you and I can experience that without him. Can we sing this course together this morning as we close? Come on, let's declare these words are powerful and they are going to lift our hearts because you and I cannot make it on our own. We need Jesus. Come on, let's worship him together this morning as we close this service. presence of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, how we need you and oh how this world needs a people who have humbled themselves with an attitude of Christ. Be blessed. Have an amazing week this week. God bless you as you go.